0: Thank you for choosing this podcast from The Calling Community Church. As a Christ-centered community, our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today recorded live inside the Wilson Arts Auditorium at Platt County High School in Platt City, Missouri.
1: We love you. Thank you that you love us so much. Thank you, Lord, that just like you pursued your people, Israel, for so many generations, you pursue our hearts today. Thank you, Lord, that in you we can have peace and we can have deliverance and we can have healing. I pray, Lord, that as I talk about, preach about healing today, that people would be healed today. I pray that your word would be active and sharp. I pray that faith Everyone's shields of faith would be held high today. That their cup would run over today. And I do ask you to bring healing today as your word is preached and received in the hearts of those who are here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, when we first learn or hear of that name Jehovah Rapha in the Old Testament. There's a context there. The people of Israel have been slaves in Egypt for about 400 years. If you remember, they were welcomed there at one point because of the giftings. That God used through his servant Joseph. And then the 12 tribes settled there and they grew up. But their numbers became so numerous. God's people were so fertile and so blessed. That the pharaohs of Egypt became fearful about them. That's why they made them slaves. And so that went on for about 400 years. And then... As you, as you know the story, or may not, I, I won't get into this part in detail because it's, it will get me off of the timing of the sermon, but Moses, who came back after being in the wilderness for 40 years, basically commanded Pharaoh to let his people go. Pharaoh wouldn't obey. His heart was hardened, and the Lord brought plague after plague, finally he said, go. And the Lord provided escape through them, through the Red Sea, parting the seas. Well, Pharaoh, of course, went back on his word and he pursued. And as he pursued, the Lord commanded Moses to lift his hands. And as Moses lifted his hands, the seas fell down upon the Egyptians, and they were drowned. And that's where we're at in Exodus, chapter 15, when we learn of, of the name Jehovah Rapha. It says that Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness... ...and found no water. So thousands of people traveling through the wilderness went for three days without water. When they came... By the way, you know, there's, there's kind of a rule. You can, you can go for about three days without water. You can go for about three weeks without food, give or take when you're trying to survive so imagine that you know they're at the, kind of the end of their limit the people and they come into a wilderness they came to Marah they could not drink the water at Marah because it was bitter bitter water is full of alkali we have a, a pit at the ranch the water's crystal clear like a swimming pool And I remember as a kid trying to swim in it and trying to... It it was so bitter and so strong, that it, it burned your eyes, and it was terrible to the taste. It was really poison. It's the only one like that. I don't know why. But of all the water we have over there, that's just the one that has all that alkali, and the water's bitter. So I'm familiar with this kind of water. You can't drink it. So imagine three weeks or three days pressing through the wilderness... All these people and no water to drink. And then they find water and it's bad. And so the Lord it says in verse 25, Moses cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log. And he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. It's kind of odd, don't you think? takes a log and throws it in the water, and the water becomes sweet. As I was reading that and meditating on that, I thought to myself, how many things has the Lord asked of us that don't really make sense at that time? How many things occur in our life that don't make sense at that time? But in this case, he asked him to throw a log in the water. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a standard and a rule. He tested them saying. If you will diligently listen. To the voice of the Lord your God. And do what is right in his eyes. And give ear to his commandments. And keep his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you. That I put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord your healer. Jehovah Rapha. That's Exodus. 15.26 If we skip forward to Jeremiah Prophet Jeremiah said in chapter 17 verse 5 Thus says the Lord Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes his flesh his strength whose heart turns away from the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? it? says in verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Verse 13. He have said this about Judah, but I will impose in there that he's really saying this about any of his people. They have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. The, 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 the audience here today is full of people who have physical illnesses. And I have to admit that most of the time in my ministry, when we go and pray for the sick, there's a real focus on physical illness. There's a real focus on praying for physical ailments. But in reality, there is another ailment that everybody has. You see, we all have different genetics, different bodies, different challenges. One has one sickness, the other has another, the other has another, the other has another. But I doubt we all have the same. I have an ankle that bothers me from old football days. I have a knee that bothers me from old martial arts days. I have a rib that bothers me from old kickboxing days. Those things add up, and your body, you know, the older you get, your body gets sore, right? But not all of you have that in common because you didn't do those things, right? But guess what we all have in common? We have a heart that is sick. We have a soul that needs cleansed. We have a heart that needs Jesus, needs reconciled to Him. And the only thing that can do that is the Lord's fountain of living water. In John 14, Jesus said... So, so remember, this is clear back in the Old Testament. A few thousand years... About 3,000 years ago, Jeremiah is talking about the Lord being the fountain of living water. In John 14, a few thousand years later, Jesus says, "...whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again." The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The Lord is not only able to turn the bitter waters of Marah into sweet water that is potable, but he himself is the fountain of living water who can change bitter waters in our hearts And with that comes healing. I pray this scripture a lot. And when I pray for people to be healed, and I've seen a lot of people be healed physically. I've seen people with cancer be healed. I've seen people who are paralyzed be healed. I've seen people with vision problems have vision corrected. I've been blessed to see the Lord heal people. Many of you know the story of mine, but I, when I was in Mexico, I had a, a 12-year-old boy named Miguel run out in front of my car on the interstate. And because he was right behind this column, I had no warning. He ran out, literally darted out right in front of my car. The, 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 the edge of the highway was right up against this pillar, and he ran out right in front of my car. And I hit him with such impact that he came into the windshield, and he flew over three lanes of traffic and landed in a ditch and I couldn't, I couldn't feel a pulse. I couldn't feel any air coming out of his lungs. And I was 21 years old. And I just fell to my knees and I cried out to Jehovah Rapha. And I said, Lord, save him. And immediately he sat up. And that, that was not the first, but it was like the main uh, time when I really, that was like a major uh, spiritual push-up of faith for me that strengthened my faith. What is it? I want you to close your eyes for just a minute. I want you to ask you to meditate real quickly on what is it that has occurred in your life that has strengthened your faith. When my brother was in a coma for 31 days after a car accident and the Lord rescued him, that strengthened my faith. Years later when my mom passed away, from brain cancer for six, six months. Believe it or not, that strengthened my faith, and I'll share with you later why. What is it that has occurred in your life that has strengthened your faith? What testimonies, like the woman in Mark chapter 5 who was bleeding for 12 years or 18 years, do you recall what the, the scriptures say about that? She was bleeding for all those years. But she heard about the Lord. She heard testimonies about Jesus. So she came to him with such faith and said, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be healed. And sure enough, that happened and she was healed. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. You are, for you are my praise. That's Jeremiah's prayer about deliverance there in the 17th chapter. Heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, and I'll be saved. But if you notice, I often use that scripture in the context of physical ailment or physical healing. But if, if you think about what I just shared with you, this is actually talking about the heart. Cursed is a man who trusts and makes his... Who's, who makes his flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. It just says a few chapters passages before. Heal me, O Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, and I'll be saved. Healing and or salvation. Healing and salvation. Salvation, the ultimate healing. So I kind of have this sermon... Divided up into five parts. That's the first part. The second part is kind of called getting to the heart of the matter. But it's what we've already talked about. In Hebrews 4, it says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul of the spirit, the joints of the marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from his sight. But we're all naked and exposed in the eyes of him who we must give account. God knows all the intentions of our heart. So there's no use faking it like we like to do. Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.5. The goal of our instruction. The goal of biblical instruction. Three things. A. Love from a pure heart. B. A good conscience see sincere faith. And what does sincere faith do? Sincere faith produces fruit. How can a young man or woman keep their way pure? By guarding their heart according to your word. Psalm one hundred nineteen eight. With my whole heart I seek after you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Psalm 119.10 I have stored up your word in my heart. That I might not sin against you. Psalm 119.11 Isaiah prophesied. Isaiah said in Mark 7 These people Honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Over the last several weeks, the Lord has been dealing with me with matters of the heart. Matters of purity, matters of idolatry, matters of priority. Matters of Jesus, the, the Bible said about Jesus and I have felt like for a long time the Lord could say this about me but I stumble too that zeal for my father's house has consumed me. He wants that about us but it starts in the heart. Zeal for our father's house would consume us and when that happens all these other things fade away All these other things that go on in our lives that attack our mind and attack our... I saw a young man yesterday in a convenience store willing to lose his life because somebody stole his jeans and stole his sweatshirt. What is it that is so important in your life that you're willing to lose it? Because Jesus said, if you give up your life for my sake, you'll find it. Part three, healing. John fourteen twelve. If you've heard me preach, you've heard this scripture come from my lips a lot. Because it's one of my favorites. John 14, 12. Truly, truly, I say, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. And then it says. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I will ask the Father and he will give you a helper to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit. There's this interesting thing that happens from Genesis to Revelation. In the early days, we see Jehovah Rapha doing the miracles and doing the healing. And then... As it says in John, first chapter, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then we see all these things happening through Jesus. And then Jesus says, I'm going to go, I have to go, but I'm going to leave with you a helper. I'm going to leave my deposit in you. It's called the Holy Spirit. Now it's our turn. You get that? It's kind of cool. And it's kind of simple, but it's also kind of profound. God, Jehovah Rapha, God the Father, then Jesus, and now Jesus through us. Give me a shout out about that or a clap off or something. Come on, give it to the Lord, right? I mean, you guys, think about that for just one moment. We have the grand privilege To go about our life full of the Holy Spirit, representing Jesus wherever we go. When we win the battle of our heart. Because sometimes, some days, some moments, we don't do it. You ever try to walk into a Jesus situation in the flesh? It's not so good. But you can go into any situation and take Jesus with you and it's just something different entirely. I, I, I don't know why I did this or why I said this, but yesterday in this convenience store down on Independence, I broke up these two guys that were going at it and the young man I pushed off of the other one, I told him to take a knee and just out of me comes, it's all going to be okay, Jesus loves you, take a knee. Take a knee. Do you need to take a knee? (laughs) Is there like all this torment going around in your life and you're worried about this and worried about that? I've been there. I've been there in the last few weeks. Take a knee. Just take a knee. Take a deep breath. Take two knees and put your hands up and bow your head and pray. Right? Jehovah Rapha, who took that stick of wood, and told Moses to throw it in the water. Steve, he's telling you to do something like that too. Steve, pick this up, throw it over here, and just wait and see how sweet that water becomes. Woo! Amen. Like for real. Jimmy Hensley, pick up that old stick, throw it over here, and watch what happens. Right? Do you believe it? Amen. How much? Like this much or like this much? I'm not done with my sermon yet, but I think it's a prayer moment. If, if you want to believe it more, raise your hands right now. Just get them on up. I, w- I hope I see everybody get them up. If you don't get them up, man, I just got to go back to the drawing board on this sermon. Lord, help us to be able to pick up sticks and throw them in directions and have you turn bitter water into sweet water, whether it's with our kids, with our work in shady neighborhoods, in the nations, at City Hall, at the school, at the food pantry, driving our car down the highway, at the playground with our kids, at the hospital with the sick, on our deathbed, Amen. Psalm 8 should break your heart. What is man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him, yet you've made him a little lower. And the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor, you've given him dominion over the works of your hands, and you've put all things under his feet. Mark 5, I talked about this already. The woman who had the discharge of blood, it says she suffered under a lot of physicians, but she'd heard reports about Jesus. Are you taking reports about Jesus to others? so that they can hear these reports? Because they need to hear them. We need to hear them. Report about Jesus and what he's done for you. She said, if I touch his garments, and then I'll skip forward. She was healed. But in Mark chapter 6, let's turn a page or two, Jesus goes back to his own hometown, and he's rejected. He is rejected in Nazareth. It says, verse 5, He could do no mighty work there except that He laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And He marveled because of their unbelief. Jesus Himself could do no mighty work there except it throws in this little side note. But He did lay hands on a few and heal them, which I think is pretty cool. But there is a component of faith if, if people reject Jesus, they reject him in their heart, and they reject his healing. Do you see that? Mark 6, they get in the boat, they go down the way to Gennesaret. When they crossed over, they, came, they crossed over the lake there, I believe. They came to the land... And moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat. The people immediately recognized him. He was immediately recognized there. And ran about the whole region. And began to bring sick people on their beds. And wherever they heard that he was. See they ran about. Do you run about? When we open up the altar and say. Do you want to come forward for prayer? Do you want to have some time. A touch by Jesus today? Do you run on up here? Or do you stay plastered to your seat? Because. I just want to say, don't be like Nazareth. Be like the folks in Geheneret who came running. And look what it says. Look what it says. The people immediately recognized him, ran to the whole region, and began to bring sick people. So not only did they come running, but they went around gathering up sick people and brought them in to the roving Holy Spirit hospital called Jesus And they got healed, it says. As many as touched it were made well. James chapter 5 says, Abide in me and I in you. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into a fire. I'm reading the wrong chapter. That is a good word. (laughs) Well, I'll continue because it is a good word. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Amen. Now let me go where I was going to go. In James, if any of among you is suffering... Let him pray. If you're cheerful, then sing praise. Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That's why we get out the salad dressing. Because it says anoint him with oil. I'm teasing Pastor B because sometimes he calls it the salad dressing in his humorous way. (sighs) The prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. Now, here's what I want you to get. The Lord will raise him up. It might be here. It might be there. If you have someone in your family, you know someone who has suffered an untimely death, how do you reconcile this? It's quite simple. It really is. It hurts, but it's simple. Their duty was complete. We're here because we have a duty to serve the Lord and glorify him. That is why we exist. If someone gets to go on to the glorious place that the Lord has prepared, I'm going to skip to five because it's a good time to do that. They're healed forever. Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 8, calling the crowd to him, and with his disciples, he said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Whoever loses his life for my sake actually gains it. And that's what happens there. John 10 says, I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. 2 Corinthians four 16, Don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, Our inner self is being renewed day by day. Since the day that precious little baby was born, her outer self is kind of wasting away. But it's the inner self that becomes renewed and has eternal life and gets a new body, a resurrected body like the one that Christ got, that death can't touch, doesn't feel pain. Colossians 3 4, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Do you get that? When you are laying on your deathbed, whether it's tomorrow or in the next 20 years, I got to tell you, things happen. I just had something happen. We don't know when our time's going to come. We really don't. It could be sooner than you think. And when you're there, In your heart, are you going to be ready to cast that stick in what people think is bitter water over and into there so it becomes sweet water? Because you know that you're going on to glory with Jesus? That's why death can't touch us. That's why it has no sting. I know we get that, but I wish we really got it. I wish it sunk in down deep. So that every day we could really live our lives like, with those eyes focused on eternity in such a way so that this stuff just bounces off of us like a knight walking around in full armor, you know? The armor of God. Just no matter what attack the enemy throws your way, despair, grief. Grief is a powerful emotion. Grief is a powerful emotion. We just lost a family member in a terrible way. 38 years old. Grief is a... It affects us all differently. I I just want to encourage you. Don't let the devil get you off the path that God has chosen for you because of grief. Don't let grief... We're going to have grief, and grief... It it is what it is. It's it's a healthy thing. It's a normal thing. It's a natural thing. The Lord grieves with us. But don't let grief overtake you in such a way that you start believing that the bitter waters can't be turned into sweet waters anymore. Because it's just not true. It says... Our citizenship is in heaven. We await a Savior, the Lord Jesus. He will transform our lowly body to be like the glorious body. Not all of us have bodies like the Viking over there. Most of us have more lowly bodies and get excited about getting to be transformed, you know? Even you can get excited about that, you old Viking. About that new body that he has waiting for you. Our citizenship is in heaven. Amen? Who can say that? Will you say that with me? Let's just kind of shout that one out to the devil right now. My citizenship is in heaven. Will you say that? My citizenship is in heaven. That sounds awesome. Give me one more. Okay, so when the old enemy tries to get you down with grief or tries to get bog you down with worry or anxiety or sickness, just get up in the morning, haul yourself over to that mirror and look at it and say, my citizenship's in heaven. Will you do that? Will you remember to do that? Remember to do that. Make a note in case you forget. Don't resist the Holy Spirit in your life. This is critical. In Acts 7.51 it says, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. When the Holy Spirit is working in your life, first of all, he's trying to align your heart to God. First of all, and then when your heart is aligned to God, but then he's got all these wonderful adventures to do with your life. And he'll prompt you and he'll draw you and he'll lead you. You're, the Holy Spirit will fill you up. Create a, have, having created a clean heart in you, a new heart in you, and then he uses you. He wants to use you so much, even when your heart's not right. Sometimes he does, because I've seen him do that with me. Sometimes. Why? Well, the Word of God is just powerful. It is. Even if you're not a perfect and holy vessel, the Word of God is powerful. So just use it! Paul said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? In Acts 19 Did you receive the Holy Spirit and they said no we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit and he said into what then were you baptized and they said John's baptism Paul said John baptized with the baptism of repentance telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him that is Jesus On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. Acts 10.45 tells us that the Holy Spirit was poured out even to the Gentiles. Mark 3.11 says he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. You know when the Holy Spirit has come on you with fire because you can walk upon serpents and get inside of a den with lions and you don't fear. With fire you go in there. The fire of the Lord. He puts it in your heart and you'll speak or you'll act. You'll do You will. The fire of the Lord. The fire of the Lord running through your veins. Can you think of anything better than that? Not on this side of heaven. John, chapter 20. Jesus appeared... After he was crucified, if you remember, they're all meeting inside a place. And the Bible even tells us the door was locked. Why did it tell us that? Because they were showing us that Jesus just had the power to show up. Because he just showed up. He can just show up in your life. He can just show up even when you got the door of your heart locked. He can come on in. He can come on in. He can open up the door to your heart. And all of a sudden, he's there. He said, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. That way, they knew it was him. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. Can the worship team come up and get ready for that last song while I'm rapping? Land in this plane. Jesus said, he breathed on them, the Bible says. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven of them. And if you withhold forgiveness, it is withheld. Do you want Jesus to breathe on you today so that you can receive his Holy Spirit? If you do, just put your hands up in the air, would you? If you want the Lord to refresh you with his Holy Spirit, now we all start playing. If, if you all want the Lord to refresh you with his Holy Spirit, put your hands in the air and let's listen to some wonderful worship and then we're going to pray. Keep those hands up in the air. Close your eyes and look up to the heavens. Don't look at me anymore. Look, look up to the Lord. Close your eyes and look up to the Lord.
0: Thanks again for choosing this podcast from The Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or want to speak to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com, and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.